So the question comes up quite a bit. Why do we celebrate Christmas uh, this time of the year on the 25th and uh, especially at the end of the year? There's, a, there's some great technical reasons for it, but not today. We're going to keep this kind of elementary. But uh, we know for a fact, if you don't know this, Jesus was not born on the 25th of December. And what's kind of funny about this, which is not funny, we know the day he was crucified. It was the 14th day of Nisan, which would be April. But we have no biblical information when he was born. But, but I will tell you, if you invite me at your birthday party, I'm not going to ask you for a birth certificate before I hand you a present. This is when the shepherds found Jesus on the 25th. This is why we exchange gifts. So we're not going to trash manger scenes where you got a baby Jesus in a manger and some wise men there. That's matter of fact, in Luke chapter, the shepherds found the babe, which is Nepios in Luke chapter 2 which is an infant. Nepios is infant, like Brethos, but it's Nepios. But the Bible says that the wise men, the Magi, they found the child passed. In Matthew chapter 2, they found him in the house. These two Greek words will tell you that in the nicest Christian way, that somewhere between 6,500 and 7,000 miles was from Persia, where these men were, to Jerusalem. And if you, if you multiply about 500 some odd days times 13 miles a day, you'll get somewhere between six and 7,000 miles. We do know the information is this, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that he was born in the backside of nowhere. Mostly we'll say in the backside of a barn or a cave. That's where the shepherds were. The shepherds found the, the baby. The star appeared. And when the star appeared, the star of Numbers chapter 24, his star appeared. Daniel gave the information to these magis a long time ago, 500 years before Christ was even born, and he says, his star shall arise. And when they saw his star arise, they began their journey towards Jerusalem or Bethlehem, which is five miles outside. And it would take them approximately a year and a half to find the child. So when you get this, when you kind of understand this, and it doesn't really matter. It does matter, but it really doesn't matter because you know this. But this is why we celebrate Christmas exchanging gifts. It's not what the gifts they brought to the baby Jesus. It's the gift they brought to him as a nepios, no, I mean, as a pateon between 18 months and two years. This is why when Herod found out about the wise men, he ordered every child from two years and under to be destroyed, male child. So that's what's going on. So I'm not giving you permission to go trash every nativity scene that you see. I'm just telling you the wise men took them about a year and a half to find the child. They found him in the house, whether the house was in Bethlehem or Jerusalem or back in Nazareth. A lot of debate over this, but we know for a fact the wise men did not find the baby Jesus, the Nepioses. They found a toddler. Pius is toddler. And this is where they bring gifts to him and December the 25th is when we celebrate Christmas or the exchanging of the gifts because that's when the wise men exchange the gift to the child Jesus. All right? So the question kind of is, that, so why at the end of the year? So why at the end of the year at this time of the day, at this time of the season? So this is what I wrote to you. All year long for the past 51 weeks, we have wrestled with issues 
of attacks, assaults, anxieties, divorce, difficult decisions, sickness, surgeries, failed friendship, financial frustrations, personal problems, inflation, taxation, and just the fact that we're getting older. And before we move on to the new year of 2022, God wants us to clean out the closets of 21. And so how do you do this? And I'm glad you asked. It's through giving. 2021 has been a difficult year. We've gone through some stuff. But we've had a lot of stuff in 2021. And so this is the deal. You've heard me say this before. But before, the reason why that we celebrate Christmas at the end of each year, there's a reason behind it. Because God wants to purge out a bunch of junk that we've collected in 2021. And he does not want us to go into the new year dragging in a bunch of baggage and unwanted stuff. So how do we, how do we clean out our closet? It's very easy. It's through giving. It's through giving. What's so wonderful about this, that giving, not only through giving and doing so, that we'll make a change in others, but we make a change in ourselves. There's something about that's powerful in giving. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says in the book of Acts, he says this. He said, as the Lord says, now we have no record of this. So evidently he heard the Lord say, or, or he wouldn't have put it in there. But he said, it's more blessed to give than receive. A okay version is, it's better to give than to get. There's something wonderful happens when we get in the habit of giving. And so around Christmas or a few days or a few weeks, now my wife will start buying Christmas the day after Christmas for the next year. And she'll come home with junk in July. And I said, what are you doing? He said, she said, I'm putting it up for Christmas. Okay. So she buys Christmas all year long. I do it one day before. Okay. But as you well know that, how many knows that you can, you being self-centered and selfish, you can poison yourself. And there's something about Christmas and there's just really something about learning to give to other people. It does something to you. It kind of, it kind of, purifies you. It kind of gets rid of the toxicity of being selfish and self-centered. There's nothing like giving stuff away. Ron Ed's got some kids he wanted to give away for years. Well, we took a couple of them. We brought them back. But if you haven't learned the miracle in giving, you need to. It's wonderful. It'll make you a better person. So what happens is this time of the year, Especially this time of year, what happens is all year long you've been stingy, selfish, you, you've, been, you've been self-centered, you've been worried about just you and yourself and, and all this, and, and towards the end of the year something kind of kicks in and say, hey, maybe I need to buy somebody a present that I haven't bought them for all year long. And when you do that, even though they don't deserve it nor expect it, it something changes in you. You'll understand the nature of God, for God so loved that he did what? He gave. I'm so thankful at this end of the year that we have this principle because it teaches us to prepare ourselves for the new year. So these wise men or these magi, they're going to teach us a valuable lesson. And I wrote this, that when giving gifts to other people, don't we select gifts that best fits the personality of the receiver and the personality of the giver. When we give gifts, 
Does it not best fit the personality of the receiver and the giver? And the answer is yes. So here you go. This is Gala's gifts. Anybody ever got a gift from Gala? Okay. Did Danny DeVore say yes? Oh, I was going to say make sure you... If you get a gift from Gayla, it's going to be something colorful, cheery, something personal, something practical, something planned out, something scented, something delicate, something unique, and never from the damaged department. Never. Anybody ever got a gift from me? <laughs> well, just put a knot. If you ever got a gift from Pastor Jody, it's something chrome, guns, knives, ammo, power tools, duct tape, caulk, and those wonderful cat calendars. And if you don't know it, I hate cats. But besides that, but for me, you may get a straight answer. It may or may not be the one you're hoping for. A firm handshake, a helping hand, and I'll always give to you more than was expected from me. What happens is that, number one, in the gifts that I give and the gifts that Gala gives, it, it best describes who I am. But it also describes of maybe what you need at that moment. So these wise men, they just didn't randomly stop at Circle K on the way to see Jesus and say, hey, we got to get a gift. God supernaturally prepared these men with giftings to give the Christ child. So without going into great technical term, we're going to make this very audience friendly this morning. There are three things. Now, somebody said that there are three kings. That's not true. It makes a good, it makes a good song, but it's probably not true. We, there, there could have been hundreds to get Herod's attention. Three men would have not got Herod's attention, but 300, 3,000, 30,000. And so you say to yourself, well, well, what's the big deal? Well, it's not a big deal to me, but I just want you to think, because why in the world would you travel 7,000 miles with three of you carrying a king's ransom? You're going to be on the road for a year and a half and you got a king's ransom tied to the back of a camel. Do you think it was just three guys? Three men would have not got Herod's attention, but 3,000 would have, 30,000 would have. And when they all went to the gate, they said, we're looking for the king of the Jews. He said, well, I'm the king. He said, no, you're an imposter. We are looking for the king of the Jews. And that got his attention. So these three gifts that was given, so we know for a fact that there was three gifts mentioned, but we really don't know how many wise men there were, these magi. So we'll just stick to three, but we know by reason there was more than that. But we're not going to add to and take away. We're going to stick with these three gifts. And because of three three's gifts, then what happens is that this morning, I want you to understand when you deal with the, the principles of Christ, if these three gifts were good for Jesus, should these three gifts not be good for us? 
And if you are questioning what to give a brother or sister in Christ, then I'll tell you, then just listen to me this morning. If these three gifts that were specifically given and instructed by God to give to the Christ child was good for Jesus, then it has to be good for you and I. All right? So, number one, the first thing they bring is myrrh. Myrrh. It sounds like a cow getting stuck in a barbed wire fence. Myrrh. <laughs> Never mind. Myrrh was an expensive resin used primarily in only two ways, cosmetics and medicine. Now, some of you are going to go home, and you're going to get on a Wapika, and you're going to get an engine search, and you're going to go through there and say, well, he left. I'm telling you, we're going to be very simple this morning. Say this with me. The guy, the person sitting beside me is probably simple-minded. Thank you for that. <laughs> Myrrh was a resin that was used in primarily two ways. One was cosmetics, and one was medicine. Cosmetics, by definition, it means to enhance the complexion of the face. It was a wrinkle reducer. A wrinkle reducer. So when these gentlemen brings this gift to the child Christ, they're doing something to him. They're prophetically giving him gifts that even though they have other functions later on in his life, but I want you to understand the very elementary principle of these gifts. The first thing they give him is myrrh, a wrinkle reducer to enhance the complexion. And even though that one day that he'll go to a cruel cross, this is what he'll say. Father, forgive them. I think we as the body of Christ, we could all use a little cosmetic facelift from time to time. One of the gifting that the wise men said, told Jesus, if there was ever a child that ever would never need this, because what you'll experience in your life would cause normal men to become bitter and hateful and angry. And everywhere you go, your facial feature will we'll bark and growl and snarl. But what I'm giving you will cause your complexion to, to glow. And medicines, it was used as medication. These medications were used primarily to, to heal wounds. Matter of fact, what's funny about this, that, that it was, remember the story in Luke chapter about the Good Samaritan, and when he found the guy, he put two things on him. What was it? Oil and wine. The medicines was to pour on wounds. It speaks of healings of our daily disappointments and struggles. And the first one that was given, it said, not only will your face be so, so glowing in righteousness and, 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 and goodness, that, but what you're going to experience inside and out Myrrh will help heal these things. The oil and the wine, the, the reason why the Bible says the good Samaritan, he poured oil and wine. The wine was an antiseptic that dealt with the wound. But the oil dealt with the scars. The wine healed the wound, but the oil healed the scars. Every one of us has been hurt, and by the grace of God, he pours in his wine of anointing that helps heal our injury but if we're not careful, we, we carry these bitter scars that seem to be the first of our conversation. We're not careful. I'm so glad that 
the life of Christ not only heals me of my injuries, but I'm so glad the oil of the Holy Spirit removes scars from my life. So the gift that he gave him to the first one's myrrh, not only was it cosmetically to enhance the complexion of his face, instead of having this bitter look and this angry look and this frowny look, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter number 12, looking under Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, yet for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that was set before him. If we need anything coming out of 2021, I'll tell you, you need a little myrrh in your life. You need a little more smiles in your life. And you need absolutely a little bit more. You need a facial workover. And number two, that whatever injuries that we've occurred through last year, the year before, or whatever, he's given us, he's telling us that this myrrh will not only heal us, but it will remove the scars that someone has injured us. Number two, frankincense. Sound like the cousin of Frankenstein, doesn't it? What's funny about this one, there's, there's a, a plethora of information about frankincense, but here's the, here's the simple part of it. Frankincense was a, a heavy, long-lasting perfume used on sacrifices and embalmings. It was a scent so strong and heavy that it can penetrate into the pores of skin and remain unaffected by surrounding climate or conditions. It remains smelling great even while being surrounded by dead things and stinky attitudes. You'll get it after a while. Frankincense with this, this heavy salve of anointment that was used mostly in embalmings. And they would pour it into the skin and they would massage it into the skin and it would last so long that even being decomposed and around in a cemetery of dead things and stinky things, the frankincense aroma was greater than the stench of its environment. If we ever needed a gift to help us deal with stinky people, I don't know what they're laughing at. I don't have any idea. If we ever need anything in our life that God could give us in 2020 and 2021, is that I'm asking God, would you please, even though I'm surrounded by dead things, dead stuff, and stinky attitudes, and stinking situation, but God, would you do something in my life that cause it to be a sweet-smelling aroma that the perfume of your goodness will far outweigh and outlast the stench of my surroundings. It's possible and it's probable and it's there that you can go in a horrible situation, whether it be a family setting or your workplace, and, and, and they're cussing and, and they're, and they're dis disgusting and they're doing all these things and you're sitting over there, and you've already got the, the myrrh of cosmetics on your face, and you're already smiling like Philip smiles, but now then your attitude is not in the same dimension as their attitude. Yeah. 
You're happy, you're joyful, you're kind, you're generous, because that comes from God. And I'm telling you right now, I am a makeup artist, and I'm going to work on you until we get enough myrrh on you that you're happy as old Philip, and we're going to work on you that you can go to your workplace, and somebody says, you know, everybody in this place stinks but you. What's going on? And it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. And these magi said this, the being in a surrounding of dead religion, dead works, dead politics, stinking thinking, there'll be something about you, as Isaiah said, when you first hit the streets, they're going to say, he's wonderful. There's something different about him. That's frankincense. And the last one, of course, is gold. Now, I'm surprised you didn't shout me down on that and say, Jesus, that's what we need, gold. Yeah. <laughs> rain on that myrrh, rain on that frankincense. We need some gold. <laughs> Basically, gold, by definition, it means the appraisal or the value and worth of someone. I don't know about you, but we know this for a fact. That when the angel told Joseph and Mary, you've got to go to Egypt for a while, that this money, this gold that they brought was to help subsidize their income while they were gone. We know that. Everybody knows this. What amount, we don't know. And But we, 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 we really don't know anything about him until he gets back to Nazareth somewhere around 12 years old. So he may be in Egypt for several years. We don't know that. But we know one thing, that the provision that God sent through gold that helped them, sustain them, while Jesus and Joseph and Mary was in Egypt. Okay. And that, that's a pretty good gig. That's, it's almost the framework of that, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. God will, has provisions for you. All right. He knows where you are and he knows where you're going to go. And, and he has what you need to sustain you. But by definition, because of Christ, not only that our lives has value and worth, but we learn to treat others with the same worth and respect. You know what the greatest gift that I can give you is myself. The greatest gift that we can give one another is just ourselves. I mean, just being truly, genuinely ourselves. And I'll tell you, that's a gift from God. And when you understand that these wise men and these magi gave Jesus gold, what they were basically saying is basically this, we understand your worth and your value. I don't know when's the last time that somebody's told you, but I'll tell you, Jamie, you're important to me. Joe Ginn, you're very valuable to me. Boyette, I'll get back with you. But, <laughs> Mike, I love you. And if you're not careful, you go through 2021 that people has marked you down like a sale at Walmart. And by the time that they get through with you, you feel unworthy, unloved, unrespected, 
all these things. And I'm telling you that these wise men knew supernaturally that Jesus, more than just money in his pocket, needed a sense of his value and his worth. What you need this morning is somebody to remind you your love. You need someone that's still being sent by God to remind you your life has value and worth. And even though you're trying to prove God wrong, God still loves you and he has a plan for your life. So, how many wise men were there? I don't know. But I'll tell you, there's one more. And I'm him. And I'm here to bear you gifts as it was my Savior Jesus of three things. I'm here to improve your facial feature. I'm here to give you something that will be more aromatic than the stench that you're going to go home to. And I'm here to tell you, Aaron McCoy, you're loved, you're valuable, and you're very respected. Take that home and take that back to the world and see what happens. Does God still have wise men and wise women? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if it was good enough for Jesus, then evidently I could use it myself. Your love, AJ. Mike Phillips, your love. Virgil. You're loved. So when we leave this place this morning, we are still God's gift to humanity. Agreed? Let's go change our world. One person at a time. All right? Stand with me if you would. Take somebody by the hand. Turn to that person and say, listen, I probably hadn't told you lately because I've kind of been sulking and pouting over some stuff, but I really love you. I'm, I've been interested, too busy looking in the mirror what I going on in my life, but you're very important to me. Father, over 2,000 years ago, you sent your son Jesus gifts by wise men to help him deal with the aches and the pains and the frustrations that everywhere he went, they could see him as the son of God not filled with anger and wrath and filled with love. Your word says that he was filled with grace and truth. Would you just pour myrrh upon us this morning? Could you just fix our face a little bit this morning? I know that we have Jesus in our heart, but could you just work on our face a little bit? Would you please tell my face that my heart says to straighten up? Father, thank you for the medicine of mirth. Thank you because not only are you healing my hurts, but you're removing the scars. Scars are only a reminder of, that someone injured us. And God, if there's one thing I need to forget this year, I need to forget that somebody hurt me. Would you just pour in the oil and the wine and 
cause the antiseptic to heal my wounds, that there's no infection, that the scars will be removed, that I may treat one another with kindness and love. Would you pour on us frankincense this morning? Because some of us, we're going to go home to a, to a house that's not very loving, not very kind, and not very friendly. Tomorrow, some of us are going to go to a job that there's a lot of hate and jealousy and anger. We could sure use a little frankincense this morning. And would you just massage it deep in the pores of our hearts and minds that wherever we go this week, somebody is getting an aroma of the goodness of God. And it would give us an opportunity to say it's just only because of Jesus. And lastly this morning, for some reason, you found a young man that was bankrupt and empty and you gave me worth. You told me that I was valuable in my whole life. My family and my friends told me that I was not. How great is your love for us that yet while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. So Father, this morning, help us in this small church to still bring gifts that will change the complexion and the aroma and the appraisal of ourselves to another. We would be a city that's set on a hill that will declare the goodness of God in Jesus' name. And all the people of God said amen. amen. Give them a praise offering this morning if you would please, huh? So I know what you're saying. Instead of buying them gifts, can I just give them myrrh, frankincense, and yes, yes, you can if you want to. Communion service, if you'll please come. If I don't get to see some of you Wednesday, Merry Christmas. You're loved. You're very important to Gail and I. We're glad you're here. You communion servers, you don't have to look at me, but I'm going to talk to you for a second. You, right now, have the greatest opportunity to give the greatest gift to mankind. Do not waste this moment. You have the opportunity to give the body and the blood of Christ to the people of God. So when you serve the bread and you serve the cup, tell them like you mean it. This is the body of Christ. This is the blood of Christ just for you. Give it away. And watch what happens. Father, bless this cup this morning. Bless this bread. And for all that will partake of it, God, it will change their life. Thank you for this time of season that we have to celebrate one another.
that we celebrate you through Holy Communion. In Jesus' name, amen.